This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. everybody, welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here at the Worth Recovery podcast. I'm a sex addict and a food addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012, and I'm excited to be back with you today. Uh, Today is episode 97, and I've titled the episode, Living in the In-Between. So my mom, as most of you know, my mom is sick with cancer. Um, and is going to pass away sometime, sometime. My mom is, she's been declining a little bit more rapidly recently. When she first went on hospice care, they told us she had about three to six months. Well, that six month mark would have been March, and here we sit in the middle of May, and my mom is still with us. There are some really, really great things about that, with some also some really, really frustrating things about that. Um, A few months ago, she had a really bad week, and I thought for sure we were going to lose her that week. That seems to kind of have been the pattern with her. She declines, 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 and everyone's telling us she's going to be gone within days, and then she kind of rallies, and uh, and we go through that process again. Since this bad week a few weeks ago, she's rallied again, and we've had some great times since, times that I'm incredibly grateful for. The other day, she said something like, I just want to die already, something like that. And then she said, she followed it up with the comment, I'm tired of living in between. She went on to explain how difficult it is to live in the space between life and death, knowing that death is coming. We all know that death is coming at some point in time. However, for her, it's a lot more acute. She knows a lot more acutely and is a lot more aware than the rest of us are. And not having the energy and strength to actually live in the present is really, really difficult. She sleeps a lot, and nearly any exertion will drain her of energy. I cried with her as we talked about all of the things that she wanted to be doing, that she wished that she could do. I said something like, Mom, I can't even imagine dealing with all of this emotionally. The pain, the regret, the anguish, the relief, all of it. We ended up with having a really great discussion I was really grateful for. On the way home that night in my car while I was driving, I thought about our conversation a lot, and something occurred to me. In the moment, I meant what I said. I can't even imagine all the emotional chaos my mom is dealing with. However, I can 100% completely relate to the idea of the difficulty of living in between. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to share some of my thoughts about living in the in-between places of our lives, especially as it relates to addiction and recovery. And that's why we've titled today's episode, Living in the In-Between. Now, before we kind of jump into my thoughts there, I just wanted to remind you about a few things we have coming up at Worth Recovery. First of all, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Worth Recovery on iTunes or in the Google Play Store or on the Podbean podcast app. Our numbers continue to grow and your support is absolutely amazing. So make sure you subscribe so you're not missing any episodes. 
Also, we have our big event coming up in January back in the Seattle area. Not in January, I'm sorry, in July. We have our big event coming up in July back in the Seattle area. Registration has begun already for that event, and we're titling it Intentional Recovery. Healing happens on purpose. That will be July 15th, 2017 in Bothell, Washington. That's just two months away, ladies. So make sure, wow, that's just two months away. Make sure that you are got that marked on your calendar, that you're ready to go and get your tickets online. Uh, you can buy those tickets and you can get all that information at worthrecovery.com, www.worthrecovery.com. Now, before we move forward, of course, I want to give a shout out to the Worth Warriors. You ladies are amazing. When a woman reaches out for help in addiction, it's our mission here at Worth Recovery to provide the voice and the hand of a woman to reach back. Worth Warriors, you make that possible. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support and your patronage. It's you that helps to keep this podcast free for all of those women that are out there struggling in addiction. Also, if you have not got on the website and read from Shannon, our new blogger, I was going to say our new podcaster, and I was like, wait, she doesn't do a podcast. Our new blogger, Shannon, get on and read. Shannon is amazing, and I'm so grateful for her and her comments and her thoughts and that she's putting it out there. You can find that on the on the website as well, www.worthrecovery.com. Com. We have some new things coming up and we're super excited about. So make sure that you get on the website and that you stay aware of what's happening. Now let's jump back real quick. So living in the in-between. In 2011, my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. After surgery, chemo, and radiation, he had a few really, really good months and then he started stroking, and after some severe strokes, he started to deteriorate. And 10 months after his diagnosis, he passed away at home. From the very beginning to the very end, my dad was determined that he was not dying. He would say it over and over again, I'm not dying. I don't know why you guys are upset. I'm not dying. I'm going to be fine. He would look at anyone incredulously who would even suggest that he was dying. In his mind, he was going to live a very, very long time. In some ways, that made things incredibly easy for him and really, really difficult for us. There was no talking about life after death, what to do with this stuff, what he wanted to be remembered for or by. There was no discussion about life or regrets, no apologies, no closure. In some ways, I hated this approach. I wanted him to sit with me and tell me about his life and his hopes and his dreams. I wanted closure. I wanted an apology. I wanted so much from him. Ultimately, though, I didn't need it. With hard work, grief therapy, recovery, and a lot of help and support, I made it through and found my own closure and peace with my dad. Peace that has allowed me to really honor his memory and come to a great place of acceptance. Now, whether this denial of death from my dad was willful or not, I don't know that I'll ever know. With his brain cancer, he was his brain was highly affected. And I don't know how much he was really aware of and how much he wasn't. I'm not sure if it was willful or his way of coping or if he truly believed he was going to live. I'm not sure. I wonder sometimes if the events that we did as a family during that period of time, if he just endured those events because we wanted them, we wanted the memories, 
and if or if he really wanted to do them with us. I don't know. I don't know what his in-between time was like for him. He wouldn't talk about it. Sometimes I feel like I do that in my in-between time. In between different things, different periods of time in my life. Is I choose the denial route. That was my dad's route, denial. Now during his in-between time, I was going and through my own in-between time. I was working in that time between addiction and sobriety. I had only been in recovery a few months when my dad started to decline rapidly. And there, that was a time that I was still acting out. It wasn't as often, not nearly as often, but I was still acting out. I was in that phase of gaining awareness. It was beautiful as I learned about addiction and recovery and the different things going on in my life. And it was incredibly ugly and messy all at the same time. I would soar on the wings of hope as the days seemed to tick by that I was staying sober. And then I would crash into the ground, fall on my face and see nothing but darkness when I would relapse. The in-between time can be a place of extremes, light and dark, hope and discouragement, beautiful and ugly. It reminds me of this quote that I read the other day by Synthony Oselli. I hope I'm saying that last name right. She says, quote, For a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks. Its insights come out and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. Close quote. To me, that is how the in-between phase of space in our life feels. Your shell cracks, your insides spill all over, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it looks like complete destruction, like she says. And I think for sometimes that someone is us. Maybe we don't understand growth, and so what we're going through looks like complete chaos and destruction. I think that's how it was for my dad. He viewed this in-between time of knowing he was going to die and actually dying as complete chaos and destruction and didn't want to deal with it and chose the option of denial. That's how I feel about it. I don't really know if that's how he felt about it, but that's what it looked like from my perspective. I know that that was me during part of my in-between time in recovery, especially at the beginning. I, my life was chaos and even more chaotic than and unmanageability than I felt sometimes even before I entered into recovery. It was messy and it was chaotic. And sometimes I wanted to choose the denial route. <laughs> but that didn't work. At least it didn't work for very long. I got through that first kind of in-between phase. That phase between coming into recovery and finding or into yeah, into recovery and finding sobriety with the help of a support team. My therapist, my sponsor, my recovery friends, they got me through. They helped me in so many ways. I'll probably never know exactly the extent of their help, all the prayers and thoughts, all the things that happened. They, they were awesome. They got me through that first in-between phase. It wasn't until I was pulling out of that in-between phase that I realized what was going on. I started to have longer and longer periods of sobriety until one day it finally stuck. Sobriety stuck. It felt so much like one step forward and two steps back. Maybe it was like three steps forward and then ten giant steps back. 
At least that is how it felt. And that first period of in between, that first period of from addiction, moving from addiction to sobriety, that first period of in between was really, really hard, really hard. And I have found since that recovery is full of these in between times. I think about the time I lived between all access, like where I had no boundaries and I'll call it selective permutation, where I had several boundaries in place. And look at me just pull out my biology knowledge all of a sudden there, right? All access, meaning I had no boundaries and everybody had access to everything for, about me, wanted from me, all that type of thing, into this phase of selective permutation. Selective permeability is where a cell in an, orga, in an organism chooses what it lets through its cell membrane. Not everything has access at will. It gets to make the choice on what it allows in and even how it allows things in. The space between for me for all access and then boundaries is so hard. So many times I felt like I was the two-year-old just learning the word no for the very first time. I said no all the time, sometimes just to say no. <laughs> I had to learn what boundaries were, why I needed them, and where and what my boundaries needed to be. I had to learn to feel my boundaries in my body, in my mind, to say my boundaries out loud, and to eventually how to enforce my boundaries. This again was a place of great extremes, like it was early on. I'd slip and I'd go back into all access and feel angry and resentful. I'd put a boundary in place and hold it so hard that I felt isolated and alone. It took time to understand how to navigate boundaries in a way that worked for me and not against me. Again, this was a place of extremes. I felt bitchy and wimpy. I felt safe, but isolated. I felt vulnerable and protected all at the same time. All of these feelings that had seemed con contradictory to me before we're all finding their appropriate place in my life. There were moments I would surge ahead by leaps and bounds. And there were small setbacks. And sometimes there were great big pits that I'd fall into. Now that the majority of my boundaries are in place, they still require maintenance and periodic adjustment as I go along. Now this is much less work and usually much less extreme for sure. However, that place between all access and boundaries is something that I still remember to this day. I can think of several other in-between areas that I've spent time the last six years that I've been in recovery. I think about the space between discouragement and hope. Now sometimes I could live in that space several times a day between discouragement and hope. Sometimes it felt months living there trying to figure out how to build hope in my life. I think about the space between one addiction and another addiction. So many times I meet people who are trying to get out of one addiction and end up forming another one in their way out or returning something and another behavior into an addiction on their way out. It's hard, the space between one addiction and another. It's also hard in that recovery space when you're trying to translate your skills from one recovery space to another recovery space. 
How do I make my skills that I learned in sex addiction work for me in food addiction? That space between one addiction and another is hard to live in. How about that space between denial and awareness? <laughs> this one gets me every time. Not every time, but a lot of times. I have so many areas of my life that I work hard to gain awareness in. And then all of a sudden something will pop up and I'll be like, I'm not in denial. And then I am in denial and then I have to gain awareness around it. And that whole ability, that whole process of constantly gaining awareness. That space, living between denial and awareness, can be really difficult. Or how about the space between feeling lost and feeling direction in your life? So many of the addicts that I work with, so many of the people in general that I work with, but particularly addicts, they come into recovery and they go through an identity crisis and they feel lost. And they're not sure who they are anymore. They're not sure that anything that they knew was true. They're not sure that anything that they knew about the world was true. And we go through this period and space of feeling lost before we start to gain our footing and feeling direction in our life again. That space is really difficult between feeling lost and feeling direction. Ultimately, the space between who I was and who I want to be. Living in that space of not yet what I, not what I was before, but not yet what I want to be. That's so hard trying to figure out how to live there and how to move forward is so difficult. Some would argue our whole lives are in between spaces, spaces between birth and death. And that is true, I suppose. The most of the time we don't always realize that. And the space is so large that we can get lost trying to see it until we are watching it happen every day as someone we love slowly fades away. As I've reflected on these times in my life, these in-between times, in-between space in my life, I recognize some amazingly valuable things I've learned in these times. I'd like to close with three of the major things that I've learned from living in the in-between spaces and the in-between times of my life. First, I've learned the power of acceptance. I'm a fighter. <laughs> I've always been a fighter. When my adrenaline is kicking in and my heart is pumping, flight, like leaving, flight, never seems to be one of the options in my head. It is either fight or freeze. In these in-between times, I typically want to fight. I want to fight for what I believe should be happening in my life. I want to fight against those I see are preventing what I want for my life. I want to rage at the sky and at God, at my higher power. I want to blame others and fight for what I want. And I've tried it. I've done it my whole life, actually, most of my life. And every single time, it has been the wrong choice. It has never been the right choice. What has been the right choice is acceptance. There is an immense amount of power in acceptance. Accepting what is. Accepting what the world has brought to my door. Accepting my powerlessness over it. My desire for it to be different. Accepting all of it. Radically accepting all of it brings power into my life. It is very true that you cannot change what you do not accept. If you want something to be different, the very first thing you have to do is 100% accept the way that it is. I know for me, until I've done that, change can't happen. The power of acceptance has helped me to get through 
the in-between times in my life. Learning the power of acceptance has been hard. So hard. (laughs) But finally understanding and accepting something in my life has brought me so much peace during those in-between times and has helped me to prepare for whatever that next phase is. The second thing I've learned is that there is always something to learn in the two steps back. So we talked about how sometimes in those in-between spaces, there's a bunch of one steps forward, two steps back, maybe three steps forward and 10 steps back. But I've learned that there is always something to learn in the two steps back. This is a recent lesson in my life for sure. I felt this way before, but didn't quite have the words to describe it. And actually, those are not my words. They're the words of my therapist, Jackie. She told me this kind of about her own life. She felt that there was always something to learn in the two steps back. She said it a long time ago in a therapy session, and I've said it to myself probably a million times since. It is something I don't want to believe. I don't want to believe that I need to go backwards. (laughs) I don't want to believe that I need the two steps back. However, life tells me otherwise. I need those two steps back. There is always something to learn in the time going backwards. If, if I allow it, if I allow that learning, if I allow myself to see the growth opportunity, if I accept the backwards motion as necessary, then I can use it to propel myself forward and make the next big growth spurt. I use this concept a lot of times Um, when I'm teaching. I teach college and I teach math classes and I teach math classes for those that have struggled before and aren't quite ready to hit the college level math classes. And I use the concept that we have to go backwards and figure out what you're missing, what the hole is in your foundational math knowledge that's preventing you from moving forward. We have to find that hole and we have to fill it. And that hole, that learning happens in going backwards. Also, the thing that helps with that learning is the third thing I want to share with you. I find that the most growth happens for me in the in-between spaces when I slow down and become very deliberate and intentional. Because I'm a fighter, I want to rush past the in-between time. I don't want to feel stalled. I don't want to feel like I'm wandering. I want to know what is next and I want to move towards it as fast as possible. I also don't like to live in the in-between time because it's messy and it's extremes and it's hard. (laughs) I don't want to practice and get better at something. I just want to already be there. I want to be to the next phase. I want that phase to kick in. I want the result without having to put the struggle in. This was particularly true early in recovery for me. I just wanted things to be so very different. I didn't necessarily want to work on it. I didn't want to do the work. I just wanted it to happen. The more I've been in recovery, the more I've figured out that the best thing I can do when I'm in between, when I'm lost, when I don't know what the next step needs to be, or when I can see the next step, but I can't seem to figure out how to get there. The very best thing I can do is to slow down and become very, very intentional. Rather than push or rush or wish things to be different, I slow down and I look at my life with a microscope. I become deliberate about what I am doing. I focus on what I can control. I focus on making small changes to my day, to myself, to my processes. I become very intentional about the decisions I make. 
I have found that when I do this, inevitably, I end up making changes that prepare me for the next phase or next step in my life. And that's because of number two, right? That learning happens in the two steps back. Well, if I, if I slow down, if I slow down and become deliberate, I can find those holes in those two steps back, those pits that I fell into, and fill them up. The business world refers to this as slowing down in order to speed up. It's filling in the holes in your foundation to prepare you to build something new, a brand new structure on top of it. Now these three lessons, the power of acceptance, the learning in the steps back, and the process of slowing down and becoming becoming intentional have made all the difference for me in the in-between times. Over the last two years, as I've transitioned from working full-time in corporate USA to running a recovery company and getting involved in the recovery community, these lessons have been invaluable. Acceptance, learn, finding the learning in the steps back, and slowing down and becoming intentional. As I've been living in the extremes of my mom's life right now, of decline and bounce back, of cancer brain and difficult conversations, of watching someone you love struggle in so much pain, these lessons have saved me. As I'm tackling a new addiction in my life, as I'm working with my own food issues and trying to change, I have to remind myself of these lessons over and over and over again. I hope that today that you can find some peace in your in-between time, that you can fully accept the place where you are, even if you don't want to be there. You don't have to be, you don't have to want it. You don't have to want to be there but you need to accept it, that you can accept your circumstances, whatever they may be, whatever the world has brought to your door. I hope that you can also look for the learning in the two steps back. In these moments of in-between, there is a lot of growth opportunities, and so many of those come in the backward movement, not the forward movement. You won't be able to sustain the forward movement without a solid foundation to build on, and that is what backward movement can give you. If you slow down in that movement, become very intentional and deliberate, you will start to see the holes and be able to fill them in. Fill in the holes in your foundation and then you can take another big step forward. I want to say that I love the in-between time, but that isn't quite true. What is true is that I love the next step. I love the next movement. And I'm learning that by doing the work in between, by accepting what's going on, by looking for the learning in the two steps back, and by slowing down and being intentional, that makes the next step in my life sweeter and definitely more sustainable. The more holes that I fill in in my foundation, the more my next step forward will stick and be sustainable. I hope that you can find that today. I hope that you can find your in-between times and try to apply these three lessons in your lives. As always, ladies, I hope that you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this moment, you are 100% worth recovery. I know that. Keep up the fight. Don't forget you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even a little bit, if you think it's worth 50 cents, get online and join the movement. All the details are on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you so much. Until next time, 
Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.